Welcome to Elite Six Think Tank, an open discussion group with business owners who share their knowledge, experience and skills. Good morning everyone, welcome along to the Think Tank session. If you could make your uh, way to your seats, it'd be great. Is everyone feeling good? Yep. Keep talking, want to make sure you can hear us. No sudden movements, no laughter, this is morbid in here. Excellent. Um, does anyone remember the topic that we have this week? Show your value. Yep. <laughs> Show your value. One at a time. Listening. Demonstrating your value. Close. That was Show your value. Showing your value. David Clarkson goes to the top of the class. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, sorry for the late what start. Are they, what does yeah. the word demonstrating mean, Danny? No, Last, week uh, Last week was determining. It's on the board. We should have a good morning this morning because it's raining and we don't um, have anything else to do. <laughs> so we're all here. Um, we've got three balls. How it works, if you want to speak with your hand up. Uh, if you talk too long, I'm going to come pry the ball out of your hand. But if I do take the ball out of your hand and you're saying something good, I'll take it out really slowly, meaning carry on, but don't stop talking. <laughs> And I don't want to have three balls, so let's all queue up. Um, it looks a bit small on the screen, I apologise for that. Something went wrong with the technology today. It's called batteries. I forgot to charge them. Oh. And do not buy rechargeable batteries. It's a waste of time. I have like 50 pairs of them that just continuously blow up. And I think, what's the use of having them? Alright, so if we are showing you value last week, we talked about determining uh, your worth. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, from that discussion, we decided that we'd start talking about um, different ways that we could show people our value. And then we picked on an industry, let's go to Helen, and uh, she is a photographer. So what are some ways that Helen could show her value in her business before somebody decided whether they were going to hire her services and pay her exorbitant fees? I think you had a lady who said she had to... Get a mortgage for $400. <laughs> right. So how could you have showed that lady your worth and showed her it would be well worthwhile her mortgaging her house <laughs> to hire my services? Anyone got any ideas? Oh, do you have Put your hand up and you'll get a ball. You produce the most amazing pictures jaw-dropping pictures that people go, wow, that is fantastic, I want that. And number two, when you take pictures of people, you make the people look stunning, just by the sheer cleverness of your photography and nothing else. And um, because you can either take a photo and have somebody looking, um, that's actually quite they're actually quite good looking, their body, their face, everything. But some photos can make you look frumpy, old, bedraggled. But if you take that same person and do some whiz magic, they go, hell, you can make me look absolutely crash hot. And I think that that would sell hugely. Mm. Um, I had that problem on the weekend because Helen and I went to um, Wellington and on the way back we found this awesome house. And she wanted to take some photos. And when I looked at the photo, she made me look fat. <laughs> I told her to put well, your tummy in. Well, I never lied. I said, put your tummy in. He goes, you didn't tell me in that photo to put my tummy in. 
wide angle lens. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, of course, did you say wide-angle lens? I didn't use a wide-angle lens. <laughs> <laughs> I used a wide-angle lens. Yeah, I was thinking of all that. I thought you were going, you need to use one to make them better. All right, so uh, who have we got with the ball? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't have one. on the right place. I endorsed what Vicky said. I endorsed what Vicky said, but I I was a loafer exchange many years ago in the States, and one of my host families was a master photographer uh, and travelled around the United States. And one of the things they used to say, and now the cameras have changed because they've got digital, uh, but Helen, he used to say that if he could get one good photograph, which is why what Vicky's saying, in a roll of 36, he was wrapped. Yeah. So yeah. it was one in 36, yeah. so he can get one. So then, in other words, you have, I don't know, 20 of them, yeah. there's 20 photographs, but you've taken, you've yes. taken 700 photographs. Yeah, I and that's I, put a portfolio that's in right. the Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just talk. Ah. I um, did a photo shoot yesterday, and um, I did take a fair few photos, because when I look back at them, almost every second photo, one of them had their eyes closed. Mm. And you know you have to keep clicking because yeah, yeah. yeah, one's got their eyes closed, one's got a funny look, one's doing this, one's doing that. So it's quite hard, even when you take quite a lot, to get three people all looking the same way, all smiling. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. Sharon. Sharon can wait. Okay then. Sharon. Darling. I think the problem that we all face, but the example being Helen, is that yes, of course she takes amazing photos, and yes, of course she can direct them to your website and show that you take amazing photos. However, oh, she's just clicked the camera. She hasn't actually done any work behind that, and so it's been able to get out that side. I can do it on my cell phone. Yeah, exactly. But you tell them. Tell them what works. Yeah, but, that, but that, that's what we say. I was just going to add to the concept. That particular woman would not have listened to Helen in a million years as to the amount of work that goes in behind no. that photo that's on the website. What about telling them? You've got a ball. Just behave yourself. No, I was, <laughs> Yeah, I've got one as well. Yeah, yeah but look at that. Most between two and And the balls are for yeah. sale. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on, who was next? Sorry? I, was, I was just going to say that it's a, I think the classic way is the old before and after. Yes. But applying it that this is a, a photo from a normal camera that most people would take. Yeah. And the same shot, this is the cam this is the photo that I would take because yeah. visually and you want to see it's all about visual. Yeah. And people don't understand what it is you bring, but if you can show well this is the photo and you most people would just normally take on their phone and exactly the same shot, this yeah. is what I would make it look like. Then you've got this simple before and after kind of thing. What about when she turns up on the job and she pulls out all these flash, flash camera get and all the professionalism that goes with the parade of? Does I that help? I haven't booked it yet because I don't believe in her value, so yeah. I have it. I'm not as far down the track as her turning up for her stuff. Could she send somebody a little 30 second video clip of her to set up and why she's passionate about photography before? Yeah. yeah. guy does that. Yeah, but still, why would you pay for it at Huh? Even if you see a video of a cool setup, why is it worth 
But you can have that original taken off my phone photo. I said I took the book. And then her photo in that 30 second video. This is how I get that second photo. Yep. Did you get any uh, takeaways on that, Helen? Yeah, I did. Good. A bit small for screen space, right? But thank you, darling. James. Where's <laughs> the other one? Sharon's probably stuck up. Yeah, we All right. Do you want to do that? Let's ask later on. Do we need to have a moment? A long moment. Okay. I think that a video showing exactly what you're talking about would be fantastic, but no one's going to see it. Because before anybody gets to that stage, you haven't decided on the photographer that you want. So to decide on the photographer that you want, you're probably going to Google photography services, blah, 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 your Facebook page, your website, whatever. I think that anybody can point and shoot a camera, and anybody has got a smartphone. But what if we actually compared real apples with real apples? The real image at the start and then you're like edited, you're like, and because if you're comparing, you're like, here's you're like an iPhone, you're like, and here's you're like the one that I did. At the end of the day, right, they're not buying the unedited image, are they? No. You see, you're like, the edited image is over here, you're like, the unedited is here. You're like, if they can have a look at the transition, which means even if you had a great camera, you're still not going to produce the product exactly. that the photographer yeah. Producers. Thank you, Rob. The other thing is, is that no one's going to watch a video online either. Um, I sent a request on LinkedIn to 4,000 people to watch my 30 second introduction video. 200 people actually have watched the video. So it's not, it's, it's hard getting them to click play. I think we had James and then we'll go Stephen. Um, just taking away from photography and going back to general business, I think um, attention to detail is really, really important. People will notice if you've gone that little extra mile to present whatever it is that you're doing um, and just make sure that everything is spot on with, with the way that it's, it's finished or created or with whatever the sort of work it is that you're doing. So um, I think that's really important, attention to detail. But you're never going to get um, people just that you don't know just to come on board and suddenly buy your services. So it's about building up reputations. So you've got to have the face, your face of your business, wherever it is, has got to be presented in such a way that people can see immediately that, that you have um, given that attention to detail and then over time um, as you get um, you build up your customer base your customers will be your advertising and they will tell you um, so they will do advertising for you and, and um, tell other people about your business so um, attention to detail is my little input for the day. A, a snippet of information, ports on your trousers, uh, they're not cheap the guy said we'll take them up and we'll have them back to you on Wednesday. He rang me up on Thursday, said your trousers are done. You can come pick them up whenever you like. Great, 24 hours. Went to pick them up and before he gave them to me, he measured the inside leg and said they're too short. I said the lady's done them wrong. I'm so sorry and I've gone all the way back in there. He um, said don't worry, we'll get it fixed. He ran down the Mirabelle, got them um, changed and then they sub-zeroed them to me and I had them within a couple of hours. You know, that whole experience. They stuffed up, they owned up, and they fixed up. And I said, no, no, it's all right, I'll just pick them up next time. And they said, no, 
with, we don't want to fluff you around. I thought, you know, and that was working style on Papineau Road. Uh, and I had a, fe a real good feeling about that place, you know, Stephen? Just saying, I'm interested in the videoing process, the um, podcasting, you know, seeing videos, listening to things. If you sell your service, if, if I want to look at getting something photographed, and I go online and I click on you and your value, and there is a quick overview of, there's an introductory on the telephone, there is meeting the person in private, there is you packing the vehicle with all your photography gear, there is going to site, there is going to wherever you are doing the photography, there's coming back and processing and editing in your own environment, there is going back and proof checking with the client, and so if you can actually show an overview of your service, and in that process you could pick up your ability and the process and attention to detail that goes into the one photograph at the end, or the two or three photographs at the end. I'm not sure that, that I believe that the marketing process through digital editing, podcasting, videos is actually becoming more important. You know, if you go to a website, you want to see the person, you want to see their image, you want to click on them, you want you to listen to them speaking personally rather than just reading text. So I think the whole process of that interactive marketing to give your value or let your value, you know, if someone's waiting for you in the office, there's something there that you actually don't let them in your door for five minutes because they see playing your little preview of what your business does and what you offer the client. I don't have a ball, but um, the <laughs> shoot yesterday, the guy said to me, um, I don't care how much it is, can you do it? And often you get that because they see value in you already, and they, they've seen your work and they know what they're going to get, I guess. So, yeah. He was not a price shopper at all. He just said, do it. So photography's just not a photograph, it's actually a process. That's right, yeah. It's an experience as well, yeah. Just, I think you want another, Vicky? Um, I think, um, Ian? Yeah, just, Alan has, well, testimonials and things, I'm sorry, I'm just saying here, but the other area is what is what's your specialty? Is it portraits? Or, yeah, so can I, one of the, because I heard of, I was speaking to a friend last week, and um, his, um, well, son in law, is does is, is uh, does international work for Kathmandu, but he's all around the world. Uh, but that's just his portrait. Doesn't uh, sorry, that is specialty. It's nothing to do with portraits. It's just you know the clothing on models with yeah. in the background. That's what. Yeah. yeah. Been specialised in something. Uh, Sean and then Pablo. Right. Um, Arupan. Jem says to have uh, actual mail. I reckon for me it's more like uh, to showing your point of difference with your competitors. So um, could be anything, which is could be anything make you standing standing up from others, and um, always good to have um, trying to. Have your services matched to your um, to your client? Yep. So, if the client saying, "Okay, this HTML, this is a point of difference which is suit to me," and they will choose you rather than choose someone else. Mm -hmm. And also, um, it is good to have someone well known. You know, you're shooting him 
which is not really actually shooting them. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. And and then you got um, endorsements. So people uh, will know. Oh, I really want to be um, another. You know, just for example, Helen Clark. You know, shoot a Helen Clark, and then, you know, it looks great. And I want to be Helen Clark. So there's another group. I, th I think uh, a really good way of looking at that, which I was going to say was, um, which I've totally forgotten, which we were going to go to Pablo, the drug dealer. Um, yeah, <laughs> so I work at... <laughs> Take no notice. So I work in a similar industry as Alan, and which is a, a service industry, and quite often people think that we're selling time. And then when you go like, oh, for 400 bucks, it's going to take you 20 minutes to take a photo of me. And that's a kind of the point of view. And I like, I try to educate people, because they're not paying $400 for that two hours that you spend taking photos or editing it. They're paying you for the years and years that you develop that technique, that you learn those skills. And that's what's the difference from you know, having experience from somebody just get out of school or a kid that buy an iPhone and take a photo of you, or things that will make Danny looks fat, or not, and you know, it takes, it takes years to learn these skills and develop this, and that's what people are really paying you for, it's not just that time that you spend doing that specific thing. For me, it's just about educating, getting people to know how it's supposed to work. So you could do some name dropping in a way that I just did a job for this, this place, and this place, and this place, like I photographed Helen Clark last week, and um, Danny DeHick, you know, all those celebrity people. Yeah. <laughs> it was good. You have got a ball, and David, I'm not sure, and I don't no, want to David. push you off. David. Okay. I believe if you're going to show your value, what we should be working on is doing it right, doing it right the first time, doing it right, doing it right the first time, and taking responsibility for what we've done. How do you demonstrate that value before? <coughs> okay. Because if you get it right the first time, people will know that they can rely on it. If you've got, if in actual fact you make a mistake, if you've taken responsibility for it, then you fix it. And that's the way that people see the value in what you do. Which I, I agree with after you've got the initial contacts and stuff, but how do you demonstrate the value of you having it right and knowing your expertise before you actually engage with them to show them that you got Chris, it's a chicken in the egg, isn't it? Okay, because if you don't do it right the first time, then the fact that they've got there is neither here nor there. Okay, Did you like my chicken? Sure, so that leads well into my question and going back to what you were saying about you want to go onto the website, you want to see the person behind the business, etc. Does anybody actually listen to or watch testimonials that are done by video rather than words because I just got the reviews and go, yeah. So I mean, is that a way of getting someone to demonstrate it? I, I, I struggle with it. How do you get initial contact, mm. the, the, the pre-David's person contact? How do you demonstrate it? We can talk about it a little bit. <laughs> 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 uh, so, do we have uh, Rob? Was that Rob? 
Yeah, it was real. Yeah. I, I was talking the other day about expressing opinions, and the moment my comment came out before about a video, and it was slam dunk by my friend over here, and rightfully so, is that I wanted to qualify that statement and, and kind of allude to what Chris, I think, is talking about. Is that if we create a video or blog or anything about what our value is, they first have to interact with us before they are going to read the blog or to see the video. But definitely, if they do get to the website, or wherever, or even close to the website, or they get to YouTube, and, and they see the video of the value, then that's fantastic for demonstrating what the value is. But I think that one thing that popped in my head when I was hearing these comments is about reviews and about image and to get it right is that if I look at a fantastic website that's got a spelling mistake, you're gone. Mm. Right? Well, you come if, here, if, if every, <laughs> yes. If there is one piece of clutter or imperfection mm. somewhere in your perfect message, your perfect message is now imperfect. Mm. And I think that's a real key thing, that you adjust on everything. And I'm actually thinking, what do we do when we really look at reviews? Well, what do you do if the customer writes a review and they write the spelling mistakes? Well, not because, because, because that's irrelevant. But what I'm saying is that if I went to look at reviews, there are 100 reviews, 95 are positive and 5 aren't. I read the 5 that aren't. Because that's going to tell me more than all those others that are, you know, oh my god, it was absolutely amazing, right? Tells me nothing. But the five who are unhappy tells me how how did the problems get fixed. Yeah. And that's a good topic in itself, is if you do get um, a public meeting, then you address it publicly in a professional manner. Really important. I think we had... See here?
everything that I couldn't put together in words, and he just did it in, in this wonderful cinematographer style. Um, exactly from the start, how you instruct in snow biking, the next stage, the next stage, and the end stage was what these girls look like on these mountain bikes, six of them on the mountain all at once. And they went from novices starting to, and he just captured it all in the one. So on a scale level. of one to 10, the service you got from Pablo, what would you say? Tops. Right, the first time you saw a video, from Pablo, you said to me you didn't like his work. Yeah, no, I didn't. So how did that transform? Um, because he took, he said, I'll come up with you, and I've only got a small camera, but we'll see how it goes. And he demonstrated how brilliant that it was. First of all, when I first saw him talk, speak, at Elite Six, um, and I was thinking, that video would not make me want to, it, it wasn't, he, he hadn't demonstrated how, um, what do you call it, um, come on, um, <laughs> how design, his design skill and his um, artistic ability. But then when I saw it, another one in action, brilliant. Well, I, I saw Pablo doing some raw footage the other day and he showed me and he said, what can I do with this? And I went, oh my God. And uh, he showed me the finished result of it and the email we got from the customer saying absolutely amazing because he's a visionary and that's what he gets paid for not just sitting there clicking buttons and, yeah. and cutting and chopping videos we've got one before you we've got Wait. mark and then stephen and then david clarkson uh, perhaps going back and picking up on what stephen rob chris have said particularly around uh the little um video vignette type thing so that i, I think that's quite a, a good idea um it all depends, and I'm trying to think in my industry and in, in insurance how that might work. Because um, you look at your own websites and how much traffic you're getting in um, currently, and if that's a, a low volume thing, you know, is it worth the effort and expense to, to have something sitting on that site because you're not going to get the, the traffic? So I'm still mulling that over. But in terms of how you display your value, I think that is crucial. And it may be that uh, I, I find in my case that on my first contact with someone, and it may have been a word of mouth referral or what that, never a cold call, is that I, I sort of leave them with a, you know, like a one-page flyer, which sort of captures the essence of what I do in terms of long-term affordability and sustainability, and that's it. So for me, that's working moderately well, but I, I'm really intrigued and, and You know what we've done with that stuff. piece of paper, don't you? I know you can wipe your backside with it, but it doesn't matter, <laughs> like the fire. We've made the decision because of you, not because of the piece of paper you've I, I, it's interesting because I know Mark's done about business cards a wee bit and gone with it. Oh, hopefully he's got that bit of paper and got it framed by James. Story, absolutely. The back of the toilet door, not. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Interested in what you were saying, you know, when you get a legal document, you look at the smallest print and read it first. And you were saying about all the criticisms and reviews, you go straight to the negative ones. I challenge us all to consider that and write our own negative reviews about ourselves. Mm. It would be very positive if, for a website or reviews, you write your own reviews and put them on there. 
you identify the negative things, and I think you mentioned it, David, last week, uh, accountability. You identify where you've made mistakes, and you show and identify your value, how you turn that mistake around into something positive. So if we can look at all our practices and all the ways we operate and where we have made mistakes in the past and where we've confronted ourselves and or where we've come up against a block where we could turn around and create a better solution and therefore more accountability and more professional outcome for our future development, if we can look at those, identify them and that's part of the marketing of the value of your company is to say, look, in this situation we realise this, you held accountability and you're able to turn around into a positive and, and, and indicate how you get. Um, mm, I like that. Uh, I wrote a, people always ask me who I am and what do I do and I hate answering that question so I actually wrote a blog about who I am not and I thought that was a sort of a way of doing that. Way of looking at yeah, going credit really. Like, Helen doesn't take all types of photography. Pablo doesn't do all sorts of videography. You know, James does all sorts of. I do all sorts of framing. <laughs> 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 uh, David Clarkson, please. And got two balls. If somebody else wanted to go. Interesting thing for me is that I think what happens is that Kiwis, in particular, vote with their feet rather than their voices or with the pen. This is a generalisation, but nevertheless I think it's true. So part of the way that we can show our value is an actual fact to show or to ask people if they'll do the reviews for us. One of the things that you know, I'm guilty of as anybody else, I'll go and I'll do a job for somebody and I'll forget to ask for a, for a reference or a testimonial from what I've done. And particularly, I think for people, and I go back to what Sahara said before, uh, if you're in that personal area, oftentimes, and I can speak for clients of mine as well, they don't want the world knowing that they've come to me and got my services because that reflects, they in their eyes, badly on them. And that way, if, if that's the case, you've got to think about a way that you can do it. Now, for me, very often what it is is, is put the reference down the company's name and not the, not the person's name, you know, say I have worked for XYZ and those are the companies I've worked for. Other than that, you can just say something like here's a series of, of comments or testimonials that people have made that obviously provide for reasons I can't give you the, I can't give you the, names. the names. Well, I've gotten to write testimonials and then put down how would they like it to be shown. Well, so some people put initials, some people just give me a First name sometimes can be a solution. When's the best time to actually ask for reviews if you're fortunate enough to be able to get them? Straight after you've done No, before. before I, did, I asked four people to do reviews oh, for us uh, for Elite Six, and it was before their first experiences of coming along, and I gave them some prompting questions like what was their ex first experience, um, would they refer us, and did we meet their expectations? And if you could put that on a Google review, it would be much appreciated. And two out of four said yes. I've asked 400 people for reviews, and I've got 77 to date. So, uh, you know, people get busy. I'll get around to it. As soon as they say that, I can, I'll put money on it. 99% of people never get around to it. Yeah, I think that's probably Chris. Thank you. Rob.
just to clarify your point, they had actually interacted with Elite Six. So it wasn't totally before. Um, so here's a question for people to ponder. Do you generate and create your value or do you listen to what your customers tell you your value is? So that would be the first thing. And, and the other thing is... Do you want us to have a go at answering that? And then go back to your next point? Well, you, no. Well, well right, you can just think about that. The second point is reviews are actually tantamount to evaluations of your service. So do we evaluate what we do as well? Went out for dinner the other night, said the lady I do a review, woke up the next morning, did the review. Most people don't get around to it. It's real hard. We've got Helen. Um, as Sean was saying, point of difference is a real biggie, I think. So if you can stand out from the crowd, it's really important. Like, mine is my editing style. Um, you know, we've all got our little things we do. Maybe it's your customer service, your follow-up, whatever. But point of difference is often a biggie where people will come to you because of that. I think that's actually a good point because I would ask for a review as soon as she delivered the photos, that would be when I'd be asking for a review and then waiting two months later for her clients to give reviews would be quite hard. Uh, I want to go back to your question after whatever that was, if you can remember what that was, but let's go Mark. I'm yeah. answering that question. I know that. Yeah, or attempting to. And probably representing some of the older buggers in the room here, really, um, is that as I did setting up my new business... Poor <laughs> I was looking at the invoice. Um, was that I'm only new to business, three and a half years uh, into it. I bring with me the values of a lifetime. And I think that's the, that's the essence of who I am. And so I'm not modifying majorly in any way the values or in terms of how the client sees me. Because I'm projecting, this is what I am, this is what I'm marketing. Um, and whilst I'm listening to clients' viewpoints and, and tailoring aspects of what I do and say, my core values remain as strong um, all the way through. Because they've been set on a lifetime. So what was Rob's question again? Well, you said, do you modify, your, you know, are you representing your value or are you listening to your clients and modifying your value? Not, not, not entirely. I get, I get what you're saying, right? but what I was saying is that we may present what we feel the customers want and value and are going to pay for. Do we find out what the customers did actually want and paid for? It may not be the same thing. You see, if you edit and you love editing and you think I can edit better than Pablo, you know, for argument, right? People may not care about that. And if you say, I do this, I do this, I do this, you know, like, and they're after another thing, they're going to go, oh, well, you know, I'm not interested in that, move to the next one. Yeah, um, a prime example for that is a friend of mine got me to take photos of her kids. This was when I was just sort of starting out. And um, so I took all these quite arty ones. I'm quite, I like to be creative. We went to the forest, we took these ones where they're not sitting there like they're smiling at you. You know, just they're walking about, they're playing in the forest. She didn't like them. 
And it was because I didn't, because I was starting out, these are things that you learn, and I should have said, what style are you after? I said, I can do these really cool ones for you. So, you know, we did all that. And she wanted sitting, smiling, like in a studio. And I was like, what? But that, that shows you've got to ask your client what they want because it was not the style she was after. Mm. Um, we'll go to David, but just think of this. Um, we've talked about photography for a bit. Let's um, find some other industries that we could be showing the value in. Think about your industry and um, think how you could be shown. David? Okay, so I'm a trainer. Hey. And one of the things that I do know is that if we are going to demonstrate our value, the way that we demonstrate it is by, and I go along totally with what Helen said, we ask the questions of the people to whom we're supplying the services and ask them before we even start, what is it that they want? When I'm selling a course, okay, I will put the characteristics that I think people are going to get out of the course. But irrespective of that, right at the start of the course, before I get into any part of the educational part of it or whatever it is that I'm doing, I will say to the people, what do you, ex this is the people in the group, what do you expect to get out of what you, you know, out of this, out of this particular course? Why, basically, why are you here? And if you get that question answered, then in fact, your services are going to be directed at the places they need to be. I get together with David for an hour a week, and David said, when I stop offering new value, you stop hiring my services. That's right. Yeah. We still go. <laughs> <laughs> I need help. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think it is important to look at your own business and um, work out what it is you're offering and then ask those questions. Um, we developed in Cronovic oh, probably five or six years ago now, we have two complete different lots of brochures and everything. One based on if it's a home that the owner's moving out of, and one that is for an investor that's just bought off plans and doesn't really give a toss. Because the language that you use to them is completely different. This guy only cares about dollars and cents. This person's got an emotional attachment. I would suggest for Sean, you come and clean my house, I'm going to have a completely different <coughs> opinion against if you were to come and clean my commercial building. Two completely different things. Like yeah, indeed. Um, basically, we have different sort of talking skills to different clients. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's a bit of a shame, but uh, we offer a different standard for different customers. <coughs> I think it's a shame because you've identified their need. Mm. Yeah. So I can tell from right in the beginning what they need and then we're talking about that way and then we're trying to sneak our services in to fit the standard. Mm. So back to the topic today, uh, showing your values to new clients, which is you have to figure out what they actually need and then you're trying to fit your services in. And it's much, much more easier to dealing with the existing client because they are knowing your values, so yeah. Imagine saying to a client, before we start, I ask everyone I work for five questions, so I get a really good indication of what you expect from me, and there's no misunderstanding perhaps, and you just had a wee sort of template you went through each time to qualify whether you're the right person for them, and you can tell them that. Does that make you feel more comfortable? In? Yeah, just following on with David's comments a moment ago, is this that Recently, 
I was asked to do a review. I worked in an insurance, and I just was asked to do a review, and it was the brief was quite clear, so it was very clear. No, but doing due diligence, I found out there was no wills. There was a trust involved, so with no wills. They didn't have who was going to succeed them on the trust and things like that. There was a thing about ACC, the way the business was structured. There would be just impossible to prove loss because the business could keep going. It's like a dairy farm. It doesn't stop. Cows still get milk. Yes, so where do you draw the line if the brief was here and you know it doesn't matter what profession we're in, we uncover other things. I believe we have a moral obligation to make, to bring it to their attention and, you know, and what the concerns are. Um, you know, a young Irish lad down south, he's got some life cover. I asked I asked hers or her wife who's Irish. I said, something happens to Johnny, what are you gonna do? She's gonna go back to Ireland. That's quite gone. And I said, how are you going to get there? Oh, he's got life insurance. Yeah, he's got life insurance, got half a million dollars, but he's got no will. <laughs> what are you looking at? 10 months, 11 months through probate? You know, it's so simple. But, we're, you know, so coming back on myself and Mark and others, you know, or any business, you know, if, we, if we've got the brief, but we uncover other issues, do, are we morally obligated to put it down? And just say this is a concern. I believe I am, but I mean that's just me. Well, that's showing the level of expertise you bring to the role. And yeah, a client would have an both, expectation that you can do it. Yeah. So, so we provide a product or a service, and then you put your values on top of it. So then we all have values. Mine's empathy, ethics, passion, and listening. Listen isn't really value, but I like it. And every time I do something. I actually put it on top of what I'm doing to see if it's in line with my values. And I think that's where values comes along. So I'll start listening. So I've got three books, so stuff you guys. <laughs> Girlfriend versus mate. 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 Mate every time. Girlfriend. Well done. Well done. Well done. Be good. It is good. Um, <laughs> uh, Pablo and I are going to do a job together at the local gymnastic club and we were trying to work out our pricing and what value we can give to the club and it was interesting because we were sort of toying with numbers and um, but we put a package together, separate packages but for the one job and um, we felt value, we actually charged a lesser amount um, because we felt that was a value. I mean, we felt we could give more value, but for a lesser amount. So, you know, coming up with your price and um, working out what your value is, is um, it wasn't the easiest thing really, was it? No. To, to work out, because they're a not-for-profit organisation as well. So it was like, do you charge them our normal rates or do we charge them a little bit less? But we still feel we're going to give a lot of value. So. Yeah, it was a combined product between the two. Yeah, that's what Alexis is all about. Synergy is looking for ways to work together. What do you think? Former acquaintance. I've got two hats, so I'm going to show each hat, and you guys can work out how this changes. So. Hat on Rob Academy Antiques. I tell them what they want. And so 
Uh, I, I don't know that is a point of difference, but if anybody calls up and they say, oh, yeah, I've got this and that, da 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 da, and I say, I'll come in, I'll have a look at anything that you care to show me, I'll make you an offer on, right, on anything I want. If I don't want it, I will show you where to go. Okay, right, so I know my value absolutely in antiques off by heart, but I know what they want as well, and even if they don't want it, I know what they should want in that particular outcome. Put on the academy trainer hat, and I hear this, I know what I can deliver, and I go into the client and I ask like you, what do you want? At the end of this workshop, what do you want? And I try to deliver it. If I can't deliver it, I don't take the job. But I haven't reached the stage where I can walk in and say, here's what I can give you. You're like, what do you want? Okay, right, well you also need this and this and this. I've never reached that stage. Maybe that stage in that industry is not there, I don't know. Except you know, in the other one, it is. How much so, does it cost to do the course? The, cor the course is, is relevant to duration, numbers, who's running it, da 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 da. You know, there's a lot of variables. If I'm buying stock, it is what it is. Yeah, because the value after doing a course <coughs> is where you, the, the, you know, they could pay, it doesn't matter, you know. Whatever that makes sense. Is that you? It must be you. It must be you. Um, I was just yep. going to actually um, challenge what everyone's saying around providing value and things that consumers and businesses buying is about perception. And it's not actually about necessarily you offering more than anyone else. It's about the perception of your brand and them buying into your brand. And the, the classic example that always springs to my mind is around the iPhone. In terms of a value product, it is less valuable than an Android Samsung phone that has more functions and features than an iPhone, more accessible, more durable. However, more people want to own an iPhone than they want to own a Samsung Galaxy. And the only reason is they're buying into the perception of the brand that's been created, not the value of the phone and what it contains and can do for them. So is value actually just intrinsically linked to perception and branding? Mm. Saying like a pair of jeans, how many people have owned Levi jeans when they were the height of the fashion? Yeah. Were they actually any different to the denim jeans at Deacon? No. What people were buying into was the, the value of the Levi brand that I own a pair of Levi's, even though it's the same as the Deacon jeans that are around. Mm. I know. Well, it's kind of like art. It's kind of like art. Art on the wall. It takes up a space on the wall, but some art's worth millions and some some's ten bucks. How do you? Well, yep. We'll go to Sean and then we'll go back to you. Oh, and then Vicky, which are you hiding it? As far as value goes, when you're a new business, and I'm a new business, so. Pricing is a nightmare. Um, you can give, you know, I, I try to give the top value, um, but then if you if you put if you actually charge as a new business what you're really worth and the, the outlay and the whole drive take absolutely everything into account, 
people nowadays go, well, you know, that's really expensive. Um, <coughs> but so as a new new business, what, what do you do? What do, you, do you do you stick your guns and go, no, that's that is what it's worth, or do you lower the price a bit, you know, and get your customers, get some customers, get I mean I've taken 115 tours now. But um, but you know, and I need to kind of have a hundred per per year. So so. Well, I think you're not. Uh, it's yeah. a customer you're taking money to pay that. Yeah. <coughs> you're not a you're not a transport company. You're an experience company. Yes. So people come to you because they want an experience. They're not looking buying a bus ticket. And if right. people who want to buy a bus ticket, take a bus. Go to Akira on the bus. Yes. Walk around the township. That's what I say. Well, yeah. Yeah. There's the people that want a five hundred dollar. Uh, have they thinking a five hundred dollar experience? But there's also experience companies that will charge five thousand dollars for exactly the same experience. Why do people pay the difference? Mm. It's the perception of who they're chasing and how they're packaging yeah. their yes. company to their target market. Mm. I like that. Uh, we did have Helen and I think we had Sean and then Helen and then Ian. Right. Um, basically, as Bruce says, um, people want to buy piece of. Um, Drawings and uh, gems for iPhones because of it's got a brand image inside of the product. So regardless, the actual features and the uh, activities and the, the phones can do. Um, actually, let's go back to what actually the customer really want to buy. So for for people buying iPhones, they may have less requirements of what actually the phone can. For me, well, iPhone, I, yeah, looks great, but it, it, it's not really suitable for me because it can't do what I expect it to do. So that actually go back to the real questions is uh, what actually the customers need. So no matter they need uh, the functions or they need the brand's name to make sure they have uh, internal satisfactions and they, they all meet the needs any sort of needs so we try to show them we can meet a certain needs and then they're paying us the monies mm. but sometimes it is quite um, it is quite shame because we figured out our need doesn't really match our services doesn't really match their needs mm. so um, showing you values sometimes you have to say no to this customers because you're not yep. really matched. Yeah, and that no word is really hard to say, but the best word ever. My dog is called Apple Eye Dog to Heck, and I love Apple products. And if you were to say, why does Danny spend all his money on Apple products? It's because it synchronizes all my data. I can pick up any device and have everything there all the time. And that's, that suits my business, may not suit you guys. We've got Helen, and we've got only three minutes left to do takeaways. So Helen? Um, it was what Chris was saying, perception of um, your brand. Um, we've all been to an art gallery where we see um, amazing pieces of art, well maybe not so amazing pieces of art, and we look at them and we go, oh my god, it's just a squiggle, I could have done that. Or things where there's bricks lined up and you go, what is that? But it's all your perception and it's all subjective of what you, I might see value in these bricks, whereas someone else might not. So it's what you're willing to pay, I guess. So is it, as there's well. a bang off, and then all of a sudden you go, Yeah, yeah. Did you, um, yeah. yes, uh, 
It's, uh, I want to refer to you, it's probably not your business that much to be involved in emotional things because like a lot of people really purely decide by emotions and that's to do with branding as well. A lot of businesses are into the emotional triggers and also then there's a little bit of peer pressure in that way as well. For example, with the iPhone, it's kind of, especially in the US, like it's more the in thing and everybody who wants to belong to that group that is doing the iPhone thing. It's, it's so emotional, you can't actually argue with them or even convince them because their emotions are ruling everything. I promise you, I do not use an iPhone because I love the brand. I use it because it's so functional and more productive. Mm. And that is anything that will make me more productive in a machine and technology I'll, I'll employ. We've got, um, do you have something to sum up there on the takeaway there, Rob? We've got a ball bouncing around. Uh, well, I, I, gosh, I think I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, blow me down. Okay, I want to hold a survey here, or a show of hands. Well, two minutes to go. Who, who came up with the idea of the iPhone? iPhone? Steve Jobs? Yeah. Uh, everybody know that? Yeah, Jobs. Yeah. Who, who came up with the idea of a Samsung Galaxy? No Samsung. one knows. So my point is, is that is your point of difference you and you? And you, and you, and you, and and us individuals, because we are the face of our companies, and most of it. And yet, on most of our websites, we are faceless. So why don't we sell ourselves as part of the value? Because they have to interact with us more than anybody else in our business. And I'll just put a feather in the cap on that one. Uh, is the Galaxy and the Apple going after the same client, or are they competing in different markets? More, more cell phones. If iPhones put their new iPhone up to four thousand dollars, do you think people would still buy the iPhone? Some would. I reckon they would. You know, it's a hard, but you know, you want it. You see. Well, they're pushing. They've been pushing the price up and up on phones. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Two and a half grand for a phone. Yeah, but people still buy it. Because it's part of their business, their clientele. It's a computer, it's a calendar, it's yeah. a blah, 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 blah. 17% of, um, six, I've gotten the stats, but it was actually, uh, I've forgotten what it is, but it was interesting. More successful people use Apple products than the other ones. But is that again to create perception? It's perception yeah. around you that if you can afford to spend two and a half thousand dollars on an iPhone, you must be doing well. Yeah. Well, I've got to drive a Mercedes and live up the hill now. You know, I get you. Hey, it's good, really good stuff. Uh, we, we've got some takeaways. Uh, you come in here this morning and you knew nothing. <laughs> well, I'm going to go and talk to a guy, I've mentioned it before in this group, about a guy that we stuffed up completely. But he's now my biggest um, advocate in town. And so I'm going to go and talk to him about doing their review. That's what I'm yep. Give him some ideas to write about. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the sum we've got. Okay, review. Oh, no, it'll pretty much be right yep. now. We hated her at the start, but now we couldn't be without her. That sort of stuff. Any more takeaways? I really like what Rob's saying that your brand and your business is, is a thing, but actually you're the driver behind the wheel of your business, and that's you're the person you're, that people interact with. So you need to be more forefront in your presentation of your business because you're the one that everyone sees and, and they're buying into your value and your expertise. And are we talking about branding next week? Mm, yeah. You do have to be careful whether you're considering on
on selling your business. So if you sell yourself yeah. as being the business, then mm. maybe you are undermining the value of on selling it. Very mm. mm. yeah, true. Most of us have IP that we've been selling. So branding next week. Yeah. Yeah. Branding. Um, uh, what's how do you branding? Um, Just brand. Branding. Branding. Is there a catchphrase around branding? Branding. Branding. Just branding. 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 Uh, brand examples that you think are pretty awesome. What's your favourite brand? Garmin for me. Apple. Don't have an Apple Watch. Why Garmin? Sony. Sony. No, 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 no. Sony. I used to have Sony TVs all throughout my house. There's a TV in every room, bar the bathroom. My wife wouldn't let me. But I love Sony TV so much. I don't know any Sony products now. But you know, sometimes you are so loyal to these brands for years, aren't you? All right, hey, thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed that, and we'll see you next week. Uh, don't forget we have the podcast out, and we also have it uh, on our closed Facebook group, the notes that are behind us, and any feedback would be much appreciated, but not on the mic. Have a great day.